0: Beginning January 20th and through February 4th, the Tibetan Buddhist monks of the historic Gaden Shartse Monastery will be in town offering the Wheel of Life San Mandala. With me now is Mr. Joseph Guida.
1: How are you, Joseph? Good, thank you, Claudio. I'm the founder of Sierra Friends of Tibet, which is the host and um, facilitator for the monks tour to come. Uh, they've been coming since 2001, and the only time they didn't come was during the pandemic.
0: So we have 20 years that they've been visiting our community.
1: Right, the first year was 2001. We had an immense snowstorm during the time. And it all, we had a, an incredible uh, tragedy at the mental health building. Right. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or know about it. At the Hugh building. And uh, the monks went there and, and blessed the building and took care of all the people, visited all the people in the hospital and uh, endeared themselves to the community for all their good work. And also, uh, most people decided that the mandala that they made, the ducar, which is a protectress of the environment, snowed a day before a gun show was supposed to take place in the fairgrounds and closed it down.
0: Has there been a gun show at the fairgrounds since?
1: I can't answer that question. I don't keep up with gun shows. Sure. So the monks are going to have their opening ceremony Friday night, January 20th at 7 p.m. And then Saturday morning is our kids and family morning, where we have five tables set up for uh, Tibetan cultural events. One table will be drawing, one table will be painting, one table will be making sculptures out of flour and butter, and two tables will be doing actual sand mandalas. So on each table, there'll be forms that people can paint or draw or make mandalas either with color. Colored pens, paint, colored paints, or actual sand. And where will this be? At the Banner Community Guild, 12629 McCourtney Road, about a mile past the fairgrounds on McCourtney Road it's on the left. We'll have a big sign out front on the road that says Sierra Friends of Tibet. And
0: so these tables and, and these things that you're describing, will that be happening every
1: day that they're here? The two Saturdays. Okay. Two Saturday mornings, January 21st, and Saturday, January 28th, 10 a.m. to noon. What do they do between those two Saturdays? What do the monks do when they're here? Well, there's several uh, events, um, of course. Like the first Saturday at 2 p.m., there's a teaching. The teaching this year will be the eight verses of Training the Mind. It was uh, written in the 11th century, and it's amazing how these short little verses have so much information That's applicable today in modern times of how you're supposed to think about the external life that you live in and how to think about your internal life and why you don't think that way. So it's making for a peaceful life. When His Holiness the Dalai Lama first fled Tibet in 1959, his first press conference in India, when some Western press person asked, What is Buddhism? he said, Buddhism is training the mind, and nobody understood it. Decades later, when people asked him, he would say, It's a philosophy of life. Now the Dalai Lama says Buddhism is kindness. So he made it simpler and simpler and simpler for people to understand. So this uh, I've taken this lesson, this teaching before, with a different teacher, and it's one of my favorite teachings. And then Saturday night at 7 p.m. is the Shenrezig Empowerment. Shenrezig is the Buddha of Compassion. The uh, the, the mantra for the Buddha of Compassion is O peme Pemehom, uh, the jewel and the lotus, but it's actually more than that, and it will tell you that. Sunday. The building is closed because there's a a, a church service in there, and so we decided not to interfere with anything they do, and we're not there any on the Sundays. Mondays, we're going to the Ridge all day to go to uh, uh, two places on the Ridge, a school and uh, another center. And then um, we have things all week long. The kids' things are the two Saturdays, the 21st and the 29th of January. We have group healings. We have prayers for the sick and dying and the recently deceased. We have teachings throughout the the uh, th- two weeks that they're here because we decided years ago to focus on one teaching uh, so that people can get the whole experience of the teaching. Instead of doing like four teachings on different subjects, people could get confused. And people who have an interest not in Buddhism, but in maybe having a better life, a more peaceful life, and a better mental and emotional life can focus on one teaching, and that will help them. Last year, we did the Four Noble Truths, which was the first teaching of the Buddha. And it puts a lot of people off because the Four Noble Truths says life is suffering, there is a cause of suffering, there's a way out of suffering, and there's an end to suffering. Those are the Four Noble Truths. But in each of those truths, there's three or four other truths. And you know the word suffering might put people off. But if we look back at our lives, don't we suffer a lot? So To put the end of suffering, it's the end of really mental, emotional, and psychological suffering is what Buddhism is really about. So the Eight Worldly Concerns are sort of like steps of of how to think to to end your mental and psychological and emotional suffering. This year, the teaching is the eight verses of Training the Mind. Each verse is four lines, and I'm not sure, but I believe we're doing His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama's translation, which you can find on the Dalai Lama's website. Uh, there's tons of stuff on that website.
0: At some point, the monks are going to— there's going to be an animal blessing, right?
1: Yes. Um, we've uh, established a relationship with Animal Save. This will be the third or fourth time that the, uh, the Tibetan monks and Animal Save have gotten together, which is uh, just outside downtown Grass Valley. It's on—just uh, off the roundabout. For old-time people here, it was where the, the Ford dealership used to be originally. And they have a large parking lot. So they're going to, from 2 to 3 o'clock on Saturday, January 29th, people come. If you bring a dog on a leash, please. If you bring a cat either on a leash or in a container. If you bring birds, hopefully in bird cages. If you bring larger animals like a horse or a llama or a goat, hopefully they'll in the trailer and the monks will go to the trailer and bless. Most people bring dogs and cats and they line up and the monks do a five-minute blessing with each one. And
0: what's the intention of the blessing?
1: What is it for? To help the animal with all its troubles and to help the relationship between the human and the animal.
0: You know, these are all really interesting things. I feel like I really want to know why these monks go on tour. I mean, they've been
1: coming for so many years. What's per- the purpose of
0: their tour?
1: This particular monastery comes to the United States on tour for two reasons. The first reason is to prove to americans that tibetan culture is alive and thriving even though tibet has been colonized by the communist party of china and forbids buddhism buddhism tibetan buddhism exists in exile and they want to prove it to the americans they want to show that their culture is alive tibetans don't separate buddhism and culture it's it's one thing for them the second reason is is to support the monastery this is the only way the monastery makes money by touring the United States. Other monasteries like Drepung, they're supported by Richard Gere, for instance, and they play in big cities with big arenas and, and theaters. While these monks go to small towns, play in small places, visit all kinds of locales around the United States that are small, they they seem to, they, they, they just fit in better in smaller communities than in big cities. The other great monastery of old Tibet, Sera, they tour Europe, and that's how they get their money. So. Everybody gets. Each monastery gets money a different way, so they don't step on each other.
0: Are these the same monks coming year after
1: year, or no? Uh, they get a two-year visa, so they can stay for two years. So they can come, like to Grass Valley and Nevada City area twice. Um, this this time, there's five monks. One has been here before. The translator.
0: It must be really fulfilling to to have that relationship, to see someone year after year, and have that goal of of helping people feel better in common.
1: Right, like if I could ever get to the monastery in South India, I would know probably half the monastery by now, <laughs> the people there. Um, the, I want to talk about the sand mandala too. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. The sand mandala is the wheel of life, and the wheel of life is explains uh, uh, life in, in the simplest Tibetan Buddhist terms. In the center, there's a circle with a pig, a pigeon, and a snake, and that represents the three poisonous delusions of the mind which are ignorance, which is the main delusion, anger and hatred, and desire and attachment. And then out from that, then, is a circle of light and dark, representing yin and yang, for instance, in Chinese, but darkness and light. Then outside of that is the six realms of existence, the gods, the demigods, the humans, the animals, the hungry ghosts, and the hell beings. And then outside of that are images that represent the 12 links of dependent origination. So Tibetan Buddhists believe that nothing is independent. Everything is indep- dependent on something else. Like you and I, we didn't make the clothes we're wearing. You know, We didn't make the computers or the CD players or the board in this room. We didn't make the car we drive. It's dependent on something else. Even the car itself is not independent. It's dependent on so many other factors. So They believe totally that nothing is independent, that everything is dependent, has an origination that's dependent, which is different than any other way of life or philosophy or way of thinking. So this wheel of life is intended to prove that.
0: And so the mandala is very, it's a condensed way of conveying all that, I'm guessing, right? Through the imagery.
1: Through the imagery and the drawings and the colors, yes.
0: And... The sand. Talk to me about the sand. Why is it sand? Why is it not something, for example, that's painted? Why is it that they use colorful
1: sand? So it can be destroyed when they're finished. And that, th- that shows that <clears throat> nothing lasts forever. Impermanence. Impermanence, exactly. So any mandala made has an effect on the environment and the people, whether they're aware of it or not. By them... It's energy.
0: Uh-huh. So when someone looks at the mandala,
1: they're affected. They can be, depends how open they are. Another thing is that Tibetan Buddhists never uh, proselytize or preach. They don't want anybody to turn into Buddhists. They're not going to talk to you about turning into Buddhism or ask you to join them. They never say that. They always encourage people to follow their own path, follow their own religion, and they can use Buddhist teachings as something to compare the teachings of other religions too. So we have a website with the schedule on it and many other things, um, Sierra, Friends, plural of Tibet, .com, .net, .org. It'll all come up. Whatever you put in, if you put in Sierra Friends of Tibet, it'll come up. And then uh, I'm the main contact for everything. The monks are also available for house blessings, business blessings. Uh, they're coming uh, four days early before we start at the Banner Community Guild, and it's packed already with house blessings, business blessings, schools, visits to organizations, and other things it's been packed with. Also, I want to thank Dr. Stacy Ford, a dentist who is taking care of the Monk's Dental Needs, and Dr. Gerald Chan of Chan Family Optometry, who's taking care of their visual needs. And uh, several businesses has made donations to um, the family who's hosting them. And uh, uh, Sierra Friends of Bed is a volunteer-based, not-for-profit organization. Uh, We started in the early 90s. And uh, when I called the IRS, because I lost our EIN number a couple years ago, they couldn't find it. (laughs) And uh, they called me back three weeks later. They had to go into a warehouse, into boxes of old stuff. It wasn't in their computer yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we s- signed up as a club, like a coin club or a quilting club, because I didn't want, there's already three or 400 non-profits in Grass Valley, right? right? So I didn't want to make another one. And, and this way, we only had to file three years and and promise we'll never make a certain amount of money, and we never do because we we don't exist to make money. People give us money, but we don't ask for it because um, it's not our goal, you know? I mean, we need money to buy food, to pay rent, to pay insurance on the building, and um, uh, we need money for a lot of stuff, but we don't ask people for money, but somehow they give it to us. And my number, which is the contact number, is 530-798-9576. The Banner Community Guild will be open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day except Sundays. If you come, please enter the hall quietly and respectfully as not to interrupt the event that's happening or the monks working on the sand Mandala. If you want to take a photo of the San Mandala, make sure you get some kind of acknowledgement, a nod or something from a monk, because if you use a flash, it'll mess up their mental concentration. And... Um, if you want a house blessing or a business blessing or a land blessing, you'd contact me. If you'd like them to visit your school, your organization, your contact is me. and they're also offering personal healings as well as group healings. And if you want to get on the list, you can call me to 9576 Also Gmail, Sierra Friends of Tibet at gmail.com. And um, I think we covered everything. Do you have any other questions, Claudia? I have so many. Oh, but, give me one. Uh, one, you know, you. How did I get involved in this? Correct. When I was a child, um, with black and white TV, I, uh, my family would get together and watch movies that came on TV, and one of them was Shangri-La, directed by Frank Capra, and it was a story about. It started out with the uh, Opium Wars in China, the and...
0: the war between the British and the Chinese. Right. Okay.
1: And then uh, these uh, British diplomats and other people were getting out on the last flight out of. Shanghai. And a Tibetan came in and got the pilot out and took over as pilot and crashed the plane in the Himalayan mountains. And then after they stayed in the plane a day, a group of Tibetans, you know the story? I don't. Came and got them and brought them to this Shangri-La Valley. And for me, it was a great adventure story. But for me, the thing that struck me was the people were not afraid of animals and the animals weren't afraid of people. So I went right to the globe in our house and looked up Tibet. And then the next day, I took, found Tibet in the World Book Encyclopedia. But then, you know, as a kid, I forgot about it. Then in 1978, I was traveling in the east, and I was in Kathmandu, Nepal. And I went into an English-language bookstore and discovered that Tibet was invaded by the Chinese Communist Party. And I had no idea that the Maoists did that, you know? So I got these books. I read it. And then a decade later, I was living in New York City and I found out there were a lot of Tibetans living there. And I went to some of their events, you know, and enjoyed it. And then I found out there was an office of Tibet there. And I went there, I bought some books, bought some free Tibet t-shirts, and I gave them all to my friends and free Tibet bumper stickers. And then when I moved here, um, the, the, the first program director that I met here, John Nichols, I took the training class in 1990, got an FCC license and volunteered a lot. And John Nichols came out when I was volunteering in the, the foyer to the Miner's Foundry. And he said he was going to give me a one-hour, once-a-month show, and that I had to talk about something. And that became the Tibet Radio Hour. And that lasted from 1990 to the pa- 2020, to the pandemic. And one, one day, I hope to bring it back.
0: Well, we'll look forward to that. I've been talking with Joseph Guida. He's the founder of the Sierra Friends of Tibet here in Nevada County. Joseph, it's a real pleasure to talk with you.
1: The website again, www.sierrafriendsoftibet.com. The email, sierrafriendsoftibet at gmail.com. Thank you, Claudio. Thank you.